Hello and welcome to this edition of my Brightcast. Well, it's certainly been a while, mainly as I've been working on some learning-based projects. However, well, I'm definitely back and I've just returned from a work trip to Kiev, Ukraine. This is where I've been meeting up with techpreneurs and exploring what this amazing and beautiful city has to offer. So in this edition of my Brightcast, um, well, it's not fully about edtech. I've basically made two recordings whilst I've been in the city. One which was of my own thoughts and explaining a little bit more about Ukraine and why it's the number one outsourcing country in the world. And a little bit more about my time there remote working and my experiences. Whilst the second one is about my own reflective thoughts on why we need to embed learning and problem solving in education through the use of technology. You know, I feel that this supports learners and give them key skills for the future. And the reason why I brought this into the podcast on this occasion was because of my experiences in the city and from chatting to people. So let's get on with the show and have a listen to what I had to say. I'm speaking to you live from a floor 18 of a very tall tower, pretty much in the centre of Kiev. I'm about one metro station down from Hydro Park, which is a massive island and beach area, which I'm looking out to now from my balcony. You know, I've been here in the country and in Kiev for four days now, experiencing it from a remote working and a tourist point of view. You know, I came here to understand a little bit more about the tech scene, something from my own business and well research on top of that. I think it was only two years ago that Ukraine was voted as a number one outsourcing destination. And, you know, from speaking to people here from the tech scene, it's totally relevant to see how and why. You know, there's something crazy about this city that maybe it's the friendliness, maybe it's just the way people work, their innovation, their inspiration, their desire to do well. And that really does show in the scene itself. I mean, there's some recent statistics came out that there is something around 50,000 developers in Ukraine total and 116,000 software engineers. You know, this is huge compared to other international standards. And it's quite easy to see why global tech meccas from California and the rest of America to Australia are choosing Kiev and Ukraine as their outsourcing destination. You know, whilst I've been here, I've been chatting to people who Ukrainian or whether they're um, expats living in Ukraine from the likes of America and Australia. And there's definitely a buzz about the city that makes it exciting. It's exciting to be working on a tech project here. Ukraine and Kiev have built up a massive reputation of being a number one outsourcing destination. You know, you can totally see why they've exceeded those of India or other sort of Far Eastern countries. I think it's mainly because resourcefulness, friendliness, language, for example. But I think also it's because people do want to succeed and do well. 
I mean, there are other benefits as well. Ukraine is still a relatively cheap country to operate in, whether that's on the cost of human capital, setting up a, a business or an office here, or just outsourcing, for example. Cost of living is pretty cheap. I mean, just traveling around the city for my day, one rail ticket on the metro can cost me equivalent to about 25 English pence, you know? So it's, yeah, there's sort of money benefits in it as well. But it's the actual quality of the talent that they have here. You know, I've been seeing some other people's work whilst I've been here in Ukraine and of course just chatting to people when I went to a Silicon Drink about event. Um, and it's just high quality and affordable pricing, which makes it a dream for many startup entrepreneurs that want to come out here. And I can totally see why they want to do it. The interesting thing is how Ukraine develops from this as well. I mean, you have to imagine that, okay, they're a number one outsourcing country right now, but I do think the country has massive potential to not just be an outsourcing country, but to be a country and a city like Kiev to house or to have like the next generation of startup and tech unicorns. I mean, there are also there are already some big global players that have already come out of Ukraine. For example, Grammarly, uh, which is an English spelling and grammar website, is Ukrainian. So, you know, you can see the quality of work which has already been produced from Ukraine in itself. I've come here from an EdTech point of view, which is sort of my business. Okay, so EdTech isn't as strong here as when you go to other sort of tech hubs and startups like Israel, for example. You know, this can change. Or you've got to understand that if you come with a big idea and a desire to run or operate something, that, you know, the people here and the quality of the talent can adapt to that. You know, when we look at sort of the tech scene and the friendliness of it, you can totally see that relevant here as well. You know, just chatting to people in a bar about what they're working in and what they're doing. Okay, some people may not always be working in tech, but I think as a destination as well for remote working, the Ukraine has some pretty big, exciting things to do here. Yeah, okay, remote working's great and I've done it myself, but coming here has been kind of exciting. First of all, to work in a low cost country is another thing, but the people here are just generally willing and excited to have you in the country. You know, I've been chatting to people in bars, restaurants, I came on my own, but you know, when you get into sort of a networking event, you can easily connect with people, whether they're locals or people who are already remote working here. There is a strong community of that here. And that's something which massively surprised me, something which I wasn't expecting when I first bought my flight tickets here. So my overall experience of Ukraine is, well, a pretty good one, to be honest with you. I've enjoyed it from a tourist point of view and a remote working point of view. And believe me, I've got a notepad full of ideas and what I want to do next, which is coming from this trip. So if you're working in EdTech or just tech in general, a remote worker or a freelancer and want to choose a country, I would definitely pick here. You know, get yourself on a flight and definitely come check out Kiev. So having spoken about my own thoughts of Kiev and Ukraine, whilst I was out travelling, I had time to think a little bit more about international problem solving. This came from my own observations when discussing ideas and challenges with fellow remote workers and techpreneurs in Kiev. Let's have a check out of my thoughts.
I'm coming to you again from floor 18 of this very tall tower in Ukraine, Kiev. So I want to chat a little bit more about the power of a global community in edtech and the education scene. You know, people learn from different people. We have to look at that from our own personal point of view. You know, coming here and speaking to people, you've got to say every day is a school day, right? And the power of learning from different cultures is also a very important one. In fact, it makes up a very important factor in why we should have diversity in our schools and our workplaces. The way we think about things and the way we make sure processes work or how we've always done something is completely to diff completely different to how other people have done things in the past. Therefore, when we look at a community of learning, to have an international community of learning is definitely a good thing. You know, to work with teams or to work with people from across the world on solving a challenge or learning or producing a task is going to be a good thing, which is why I think in the world of edtech and online learning, that learning shouldn't just be a process, it should be a task. You know, if we can build something or bring something together with people from different global areas producing a task online, well, it makes learning a lot more interesting. Okay, there are things like this already out there, but I'm talking about if we put this into context of school life, for example. You know, to solve a problem, you know, our mindset, say, for me in the UK, maybe to do it in X, Y, Z way. However, someone from a different country may be doing it in a completely different way. So to introduce sort of a more engagement tool sort of in our school platforms could really enhance and grow that. You know, thinking about this, I, I came across the idea just by chatting to people in a recent networking event here in Kiev about challenges that we all face. You know, I'm giving my opinion on how I've worked out on a particular problem, whilst other people have said, well, yeah, that's good, but I also do it this way. And that's the thing. I mean, eh, you can solve these problems back at home, but thinking about it internationally also gives it that extra dimension because things aren't always done in the different ways. I mean, let's have a look at just everyday life, for example. The way a metro line is laid out in one country and designed is completely different to that of another country. And there's reasons for that. There's thought processes that go into that. So if you're to get a group of students together online and to come up with a problem, maybe to draw up inspiration from something like a SWOT analysis first and get them to work on a task, how they would do it and how they would implement it and get them to feed it back through uh, an online learning portal would seriously enhance that person's life. I mean, on top of that, there are other skills which they're picking up. First of all, communication skills interactive skills which are some of the skills that we need in the future also we have to think about how the future is going to look like and the skills that are needed is there more of a international mindset that's needed so language skills could easily be picked up on this as well if you've got say five learners from five different countries okay so the language isn't always going to be great at first but the way you communicate to make sure people understand is going to be a good thing. And there are other good soft skills involved in a project like this as well. For example, teamwork, team developing, and of course, problem solving, which was the whole fundamental idea. So let's think about it. You know, we set learners already problem solving tasks 
within the teams that they know. But to take this out to a more international field is something that's going to grow, enhance their mindset and think of their work in a way in which it can be done on an international basis because we have the technology. Look, the technology is already there and businesses already use it. So it's kind of like setting a task like this using technology and it could just be a pre-made platform already in use for students going through high school or college right now you're getting them ready for the world of work and the future of work which will involve working with people in different countries you know let's have a look at businesses from the uk usa which outsource to other countries and vice versa for example let's have a look at sort of you setting up a business but may not be in the country where you were born in for example there are skill sets that are needed in that and i think thinking internationally and problem solving internationally is definitely a skill set which we should be implementing into a curriculum whether it's high school or beyond or even adult education because you know we've got people that were brought up on a very traditional curriculum and education basis in the past which need to move with the times. And again, these are just thoughts because, you know, speaking to people whilst I've been here in Kiev, you get to think about things in a completely different light. You know, we're not saying I've been doing it wrong, but I'm now going back with ideas on how I can improve it. And also understanding more about cultures, diversity and understanding, which are going to be key in the future as well. So that's it from this very short edition of Brightcast. It's been a long time, but honestly, you won't have to wait that long for the next edition with more EdTech-focused content. So until then, you can join any of our learning courses for free at brightthink.co, the links of which will be on this podcast. Also, you can follow me at I am Robert Mitten on Instagram or email me, robert at brightthink.co. Until next time, happy learning. Thank you.